In today's episode of The Spiritual Life, Saint Bonaventure is going to tell us what virtue really is, Saint Gemma Galgani is going to be punished by her guardian angel, and Benjamin Franklin is going to give us some spiritual advice. This is The Spiritual Life in the Catholic Wire. This is The Catholic Wire. episode of The Spiritual Life. This is your host, Father Carlos Cepeda, and you're listening to The Catholic Wire. In today's episode, we're going to discuss one of the most important uh, factors, I would, or not factors, but practices of the spiritual life, and that would be the examination of conscience. This practice is absolutely fundamental to persevere and to correct ourselves in both serious sins and common faults. I'm afraid, however, that most people don't understand how to do it with practicality, and even those of us who understand it fail sometimes to do it in the proper way. And that's why we don't get a lot of fruit of it. Now, something that is particular about the examination of conscience, about this episode in, in general, I guess, is that everyone should do it. Even if you're in the state of mortal sin and you are, you know, a person that falls into mortal sin, you know, God forbid, but if, if one is in that the sorrowful case well then this practice is for you you know it's not just for not only it's for you it is especially for you it is very very beneficial for you so everybody could be uh, could res uh, receive a lot of benefits from it now i think when i say the examination of conscience every catholic has some idea of what this is supposed to be to put it briefly it means you're going to take some time and you're going to think of your actions during the day or during, you know, the, la the time since your last confession. And you will note which actions were wrong. And you should also note which actions were right. You do penance for the bad ones. I'm going to do some little penance for every bad action that I did. And I give thanks to God for all the good actions that I have done. We will cover all of this more into detail. But before we go into that, I do want to tell you how important this is based on what the saints and how the saints thought about it. And I also want to tell you how often we should do it. And I want to tell you, can we skip it sometimes or should I never skip it? So let's go into how the saints recommended this practice. The examination of conscience is often attributed to St. Ignatius as if he had created the concept. Uh, he didn't create the concept. He established it. He made it more, more practical. He made it more specific. Uh, he and the people from his order, you know, his, uh, his children, you could say his spiritual children, were the ones who mainly propagated its usefulness because they were very adamant, very strong in requiring it from their, you know, from the people that they were guiding. But the examination of conscience as such doesn't come from St. Ignatius. If it did, it would be something very, very recent in the history of the church. St. Ignatius is from the 16th century. It would be 
very recent considering all the time that the church has been around. But no, the examination of conscience comes from the very first time, from the, from the first fathers of Christianity. St. Basil, St. Augustine, in the 4th century already, they ordered their monks to do an examination of conscience daily. St. Anthony Abbott, he did the same. Later on, St. Bernard, St. Bonaventure, Cassian, all of them speak of examining one's actions at the end of the day, at least once at the end of the day. And every religious rule commands an examination of conscience to be done. When you think about it, it's something that even comes from common sense. And what's amazing is, even the pagans saw the utility of this practice. They say of Pythagoras, you know, from the ancient Greeks, that he recommended his disciples to do something of the sort, something like an examination of conscience. And I know that people are going to criticize me for doing this, but even a pagan such as this guy over here, Benjamin Franklin, I don't know if people would call him pagan, but we know that he wasn't exactly a role model. Even he writes, I entered, quote, I entered upon the execution of this plan for self-examination and continued it with occasional intermissions for some time. I was surprised to find myself much fuller of faults than I had imagined, but I had the satisfaction of seeing them diminish. I was often almost ready to give up the attempt, but on the whole, though I never arrived at the perfection I had been so ambitious of obtaining, but fell far short of it, yet I was by the endeavor a better and a happier man. So there you go, even Benjamin Franklin. You might wonder, what is Benjamin Franklin doing here in the spiritual life? Well, the point is, if someone like Benjamin Franklin that had nothing to do with the reality of uh, the faith and who didn't know God could do it and he found a benefit from it, that means that even naturally this is something good and that we who are in the possession of the truth and who are in the knowledge of the true God should and can do it as well. quote from the saints today we have a little bit of a philosophical quote a very simple one very short one but very beautiful virtue is order in love this quote we get it from saint bonaventure however he didn't say it himself he read it in a book called of the customs of the church i wonder what that book was all about but this virtue as he explains means to say that when we order our love, our cares, our priorities, that is virtue, that leads us to virtue. For example, it is virtuous when you love God more than you love yourself. It is virtuous when you love God and then you love, for example, your husband or your wife, and then you love yourself. It is virtuous when you have that order and then after your husband or your wife, you love your children and then you love yourself or you love your children and your husband as yourself. And when you love God more than, say, pleasures. It is virtue that when, for example, if you're single, you love chastity more than pleasure, because chastity makes you love God. And you love God more than your friends, and you love God more than your entertainments, and you love God more than money and more than any other opportunity that you might have in this world. Virtue in the end is nothing more than having all your loves, you could say, in the right order and place. And it, this quote reminds us also, also 
of that very important factor than the spiritual life and religion ultimately is nothing else but the order of love is is order is love put where it should be where it's truly used and where it's truly returned as it is as we want it in god who returns our love in an eternal fashion and in an infinite fashion and in a in a manner that can never fail to us so that is the quote for us today virtue is order in love so having covered why the saints or how the saints consider that very important now we should talk about why is it so important and i'm going to give you a few reasons here the first one is we're going to say uh, it helps you not to sin on the following day it helps you not to sin on the same day and it prevents vices from taking root into your soul let's go a little bit into one of some of those the first one it prevents it disposes your soul not to sin on the next day because when you do your examination of conscience a very important part of it is to be sorrowful truly sorrowful for your faults meaning when you have a fault and you see it you should really say to yourself i repent from this i don't want to do it again and if that is truly achieved if you really do that carefully you will find that the next day you will be better prepared to stay away from evil because that sorrow eventually takes its toll and it comes to bring you to a point where you don't want to do it anymore you feel preventively ashamed and preventively um uh, disgusted of the thing that comes up to you and so you avoid it from before for the same reason it also prevents you from sinning on the same day saint ignatius and other saints will say that it is recommended that you add a little penance for your faults a, a tiny little thing but if that is the case when you know that you have to give an account of your actions on this day you know today i know that in the evening i'm going to have to give an account of my actions to myself to the judge that in this case would be me that's going to be a deterrent especially if i know that i'm going to put some penances on myself and so maybe i don't want to do those penances it can be something very simple maybe i'll say to myself i have to do 10 push-ups for every time that i am impatient with someone and maybe you realized i can only do 100 push-ups you know so long i can't do that so that's going to deter you from doing it This next one is very important because of all these things that I've mentioned the examination of conscience prevents vices from taking root into your soul. It's kind of like a you know the bad weeds that you had or that you have in your field. And if these weeds are very tiny, they can be creeping up every day, but if you remove them every day as you would in your examination of conscience, then it's not going to be a problem. But if you let them grow, because you never remove them and they just keep growing and growing and growing without you ever repenting from those sins without you ever making a resolution to change then you're going to have a big problem you're going to be facing an actual vice something that is rooted in your soul but when you do an examination of conscience each day because you're doing something to oppose it it certainly is going to become weaker even if the fault's still there it's going to be much weaker and it's not going to take root on your soul in your soul This all of these reasons that I just mentioned are given by a spiritual author his name is Rodriguez a very famous one I would like to add a few A great benefit of the examination of conscience is that it gives you a real picture of your spiritual life a true map of your spiritual life 
It's kind of like when you're looking at the account statement of your bank. I don't know if this has happened to you, where you know you think you have a lot of money in the bank, or you think, oh, well, I'm going to go take a trip. And I think I have like $1,000, you know, to pay for the gas and all that stuff. And then when you see the bank statement or you look at the app on your phone or whatever, you go like, ah, I only have $56 left. I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, portraying myself here. This is not a projection, by the way. Uh, maybe, perhaps, I don't know. If that has never happened to you, maybe you should think of donating to the channel. I'm just kidding. But the same thing can happen in your spiritual life. Uh, you think that you're doing great. You think that you don't have any vices, as Benjamin Franklin said, right? And it turns out, no, you have a lot of sins and faults. And uh, when you see them in writing, when you count them, it really clips your angel wings off. In, and you realize, well, I'm not quite there in heaven yet. So it can be very useful in that sense. Another, and this is a very important one, very, very important one, and I, I don't know if I saw this in any book, uh, but it's, I think it's one of the biggest advantages of the, of the examination of conscience. It helps you to secure perseverance in your spiritual life. Here's why. You might begin a good practice. You might say to yourself, I'm going to pray the rosary every day. I'm going to do my spiritual reading. I'm going to do my mental prayer. And as I've said a thousand times already, it is very easy after a while to cut short the time of your prayer, to do it one day and one not, to pray the rosary. Now you're going to start praying while you're driving, and then you're going to start praying you know, one mystery while you're driving, and the other one while you're walking to your house, and the other one while you're walking the dog. And soon enough, you're not doing anything at all. But if you do your examination of conscience in the way that I will show you today, which I don't think, again, you will find in any book necessarily, and you persevere at least in that, you know, that's the only thing that you need to persevere on at the very least. Well, you need to persevere on all of them. But if you persevere in this one, trust me, at some point you will realize I've been slacking off, I've been dropping off the ball, and so I'm going to have to come back and retake all these practices that I have. So the examination of conscience secures your perseverance. And those are the advantages that you can find in it. How do we do the examination of conscience? Here I'm going to go a little bit into uncharted waters. Uh, don't be afraid, I'm not going to say any heresies, I hope. Uh, but uh, here's the deal. Uh, there is a method that St. Ignatius gave us, and I think there is some adaptations that we can make for it uh, to, be, to make it more useful to us today. Let me give you a little bit of background here. I used to work in, an, in a company, it was a big factory, this was part of a worldwide corporation. Uh, I think the corporation had something like 300 companies. And I was part of the IT department. At some point, uh, a technique was implemented, which I'm sure is going to be familiar to many people out there. It's called Kaizen. It's uh, Japanese in origin. And it's basically quite interesting. It's an examination of conscience applied in a corporation. Uh, and you actually have a little board where you write down your faults and, and things like that, and, and they have your goals, and, and you're examined every day. And this, this applies, for example, into you know, how you have to have your desk very neat, and every tool should be in its place, and you shouldn't have anything that you're not using. You shouldn't have like trash you know, or useless things in your workplace. And they would have a guy 
uh, we will call him the judgment angel, they would have a guy that was in charge of making that examination of conscience for you and writing it on the board. Now, you didn't know when he was going to come. So he had to come once a week, but you didn't know what day or what time. So you would be just making sure that everything was well as possible because if he came at a time where, where you were not expecting him and he saw that you had a mess in your desk or that you had tools in out of place, he would write that down and then put it on your board and then everybody would see the results and how you're missing you know, the, the goal or the mark. So first I'm going to propose to you the examination of conscience as St. Ignatius recommends it. And then we're going to take that and apply it with the other techniques of this Kaizen methodology in order to have uh, a new adaptation of the examination of conscience. As I said, don't worry because basically we're following St. Ignatius, but I'm just doing it in a way that, to me at least, has been very practical. So first of all, how did St. Ignatius tell us to do our examination of conscience? He would say to have uh, two examinations at three different times of the day, meaning you have to examine your conscience three times a day, and in each time you examine it on two different things. He would also say to keep your examination in, uh, in writing, to make records in writing in a very discreet fashion so that nobody knows what you're talking about. The first one then, uh, we have to make two examinations. One is what they call the general examination, when you think of all the actions of your day, trying to find whatever faults you might have had, and the virtues that you might have practiced, you know, if there were any sins. That's the general examination. The other one is going to be the particular examination, where you think of a particular fault that you wish to remove, or a particular virtue that you're striving for. So in other words, every examination of conscience, you're going to think first generally, okay, uh, what did I do? What did I not do? Good things, bad things. Then you're going to think, okay, my resolution was to work in humility or to work in obedience or to work on this. How did I do? Did I fail on this one? Did I succeed? Did I get better? That's your particular examination. And then he says, this you have to do three times a day. First in the morning, making a resolution of what you want to practice in your particular way, renewing your intentions. Then at midday, kind of like, you know, you're halfway through the day. How have I done so far? I, I check if I've, I've done well or not, so that if I haven't done very well, then I still have time to correct myself for the rest of the day. That's why you do it at midday. And then the last one is in the evening or at night, when you do your particular examination and the general examination again. This is the method that St. Ignatius would say, and he would say, grab a book and write down in there the days of the week, and there, you know, you write down how do you do each day, and then you compare it. This is the part that St. Ignatius gives us in a very simple fashion. And that's the part that I adapted, the part of how you write it down. At some point, we will cover more in depth the, the method of St. Ignatius. Right now, I do want to go into our adapted version of the examination of conscience. But before we go into that, we have to check out our story of the saints. And today we're going to speak about Gemma Galgani. <laughs> Before I continue, you might hear a little bit of a water noise on the background. Uh, that is the heating in our old building. Uh, there is a whole system of water uh, heating. So it's kind of nice. You feel like you're in a creek. But if you're recording a video, you know, for a um, couple dozens people to watch, uh, you're going to have that water sound on the background. 
Today our story is of Gemma Galgani. As you know, Gemma Galgani was a very pure lady. She she was uh, quite a beautiful saint, you could say. And she was so innocent and so pure that God gave her the gift of seeing her, her guardian angel almost constantly. Um, if I remember correctly from her biography, uh, she would see her guardian angel specifically when she entered her room. Her room was kind of like her convent. She would stay in there most of the time praying, doing the things that she would do. Uh, and so whenever she entered her room, most of the time she would see her guardian angel. Uh, she even says she would see the guardian angel with wings. Now, we're not going to get into if guardian angels have wings or not, but she would see the guardian angel with wings. And when she would go to sleep, she would see that her guardian angel would go on her on her on the head of her of her bed and he would cover her with the wings to signify his protection. One time, however, St. Gemma Galgani said, a, I don't know if you could say a small lie. She said a venial lie, you know, something, you know, kind of like the lies that people say all the time where, you know, am I fat? No, you're not fat. Things like that. And so she said some lie like that when she was out in the world doing her, her chores. And then when she enters her room, she saw her guardian angel very mad at her. And so she says that that she looked at him and, and the look in his face, you know, where he, he was showing her severity. But this is an angel. So the severity of an angel is kind of like the severity of God coming to you through him. And so she says that that was such a dreadful thing to see that she couldn't take it. And she would kneel down and pray for forgiveness. And he punished her for this little lie. He punished her for several days with that angry, stern look until finally she had done enough penance, she had begged for forgiveness enough, where one day her angel was happy with her again. So all of these things, you know, the, the protection of the angel, the angel being angry and, and the need of penance, all of these things uh, is not that the angel really is doing anything like that for his own sake. It was a representation for her to understand what is the effects of, of a venial sin, how even for that we need to do penance, and how to improve herself, which is, in a certain way, very much uh, into our topic today of correcting ourselves with the examination of conscience. Now it's time to go into the adapted version of the examination of conscience, where I probably will get criticized for daring to correct St. Ignatius. But I'm not correcting St. Ignatius, I'm just uh, adapting his version. So let's go into that. Okay, so it's time to cover our adaptation of the method of St. Ignatius, of how you write it down. Uh, and I want to say I am not selling any of these things. I should, because it would be a very good idea, but I'm not, because I can't. But uh, first of all, I'm going to suggest, and Ignatius would say, to have like a little notebook to write, you know, your examination of conscience. That's fine. I'll tell you that I prefer a whiteboard or something kind of like a whiteboard. And you'll see why. When you do your morning prayers, check out your board or the place where you have written your resolution and, and, and check, okay, what is my resolution for today? This can be a fault that you want to avoid. This can be an occasion of sin that you want to stay away of. It can be a virtue to practice. For example, you can say, okay, my resolution for today is going to be to stay away from so-and-so because I always criticize people when I talk to her. Or my resolution for today is going to be uh, to stay away from watching the cell phone or watching YouTube or something. 
or my resolution for today is going to be to do three acts of humility or three acts of love to God. Or I'm going to visit the Blessed Sacrament spiritually because I can't go there. Maybe it's too far. But I'm going to spend some time in my car just spiritually visiting the Blessed Sacrament, you know, with my heart. Anything like that. I think it is very important if you're out of mortal sin, if you're not falling into mortal sin frequently, and you're struggling with defects or venial sins, it's better to have a positive resolution rather than a negative one. For example, instead of saying, I won't be proud, you should rather say to yourself, today I will convince myself at least 10 times of how everyone is better than me. That might be a little bit too long. But you can say to yourself, okay, instead of saying to yourself, I'm not going to be proud, you can say to yourself, today I'm going to stop 10 times and I'm going to think honestly, sincerely, everyone is better than me. A positive resolution you can measure and you can say to yourself, I've done it or I haven't done it. And it's much more effective because when you practice virtue, then it's going to get rid of the defect. But your resolutions should be such that you can actually measure them and they should be particular. You should never make resolutions like, I won't be proud or I will be good or, you know, uh, I'll be obedient. Well, no, you have to say, okay, I'm going to make particular acts of obedience, three acts of obedience. Even if no one asks me to do something, I'm going to go and get them to order me to do something. To give you an example. So in the morning, you have to check out your resolution. At noon, as St. Ignatius tells us, make your particular examination, your, gen your general examination, as he says. But if you can't write things down because maybe you're working or whatever, I would say to you, don't worry. Uh, leave them to be written down in the evening as long as you don't forget about them. But try to be sorry for them and make a resolution to amend your life, to amend your, your rest of the day. Now, here's the best part. Here's, here's where we go into this uh, new revolutionary method. I'm just kidding, of course. So now we come to the part, to the practical part of the evening examination of conscience. And that's when you're going to have your whiteboard that is going to be very useful. Let me tell you why I like the whiteboard idea more than the notebook. The notebook obviously is very private. You can hide it wherever you want and all those things. The whiteboard idea comes from that methodology that I mentioned, the Kaizen methodology because they would put the whiteboard right on site so that everybody would see it. You know, it would be like right there so that you would see it. And I like to have the whiteboard because that way you get into your room and you see it and you see how you're doing. And it's a constant reminder. In my case, it's a yellow whiteboard. So, so it's not even white, but you know, it's a lot more flashy and noticeable. So during the night, when you get there, you're going to have your whiteboard and you're going to have four sections in there. This section over here is to mark whether you have been doing your examination of conscience or not. This section over here is to mark the practices that you want to do and whether if you have been doing them or not. This section over here is to mark the sins that you've committed or faults, you know, write it down. And this section over here is going to be your resolutions that you have. Now, they can be wherever you want. The idea is to have those four sections, though. Let me explain each one of them. This one is, you know, each, this one is going to be each week of the month, week one, two, three, four. And for each week, you have the days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
So if you do your examination of con- conscience, you're going to mark it. You're going to mark it like, okay, I did my examinations of conscience in this day. Okay. If you didn't mark it or there is a cross, that means that you haven't been doing it and that's bad. And so you know it and you can be, you can correct that. So every day you're going to mark this and that way you'll know if you're being faithful to your examination of conscience or not. That's something that St. Ignatius doesn't have. That's something that I took from the other method. Your resolutions, well, there's no big deal about that. You know what I mean. You have to mark your, your resolutions. As I said, they should be specific. They should be measurable. They should be few. Your sins, you mark them down in here. And when you mark them down, as St. Ignatius would say, uh, make it discreet. Nobody has to know what it means. You can put initials. You can put some words that you only, only you understand what they mean. And then you mark how many times they have happened for the next time you go to confession or for the penances that you want to do. And then this is another one that I don't think St. Ignatius has, and I think is very important. And the camera I just switched, so I'm going to turn it over here. You have the days of the week as well. And then you have the practices that you want to perform every day. You know, for example, you say, well, every day I want to do all these practices. Not very many, something that is doable. And then you write down, okay, Monday. Did I do this practice? Yes. Did I do this practice? Yes. Did I do this one? No. Well, how about this one? No. How about that one? No. And this one? No. And that way you know, okay, I'm being faithful to my practices or I'm not. And where am I lacking? And well, that allows you to, to improve. I say this is very important because the examination of conscience is going to help you to correct your sins and your faults. This is going to help you to persevere in your spiritual practices. And so I would always suggest to do this one. And I would suggest to have it in a place like this, where you can see it every day. For practicality, something that you can do is, and I learned this from Father Sanquist, uh, I think. You can do this, this grid with word erase markers. So they're not going to be erased even if you, you know, touch it. And then your marks for every day, you can do it with dry erase markers. And so you can just go and delete it or erase it, I should say, for the following week. And so every week you just erase it and mark it again. So I hope that was clear. I think it's a very good idea. I think it's very useful. Now, we do have to wrap up this episode. But before we do, let's go to our quote from Scripture for today. For our quote from scripture, we are going to read from John chapter 14, verse 12. Amen, amen, I say to you, he that believeth in me, the works that I do, he also shall do, and greater than this shall he do. Now our Lord actually continues, he says, because I go to the Father, and whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He that believeth in me, the works that I do, he shall also do, and greater than this shall he do. From these words of our Lord, we are reminded that it is, it is not us that do the, do the good works. You know, when I do a good work, it's not me doing it. It is our Lord doing it through me. Even as our Lord said of himself, it is the Father doing it. The Father, our Lord said, the Father who abideth in me, he doth the works. 
in the same way we can say of ourselves, it is not me that does the good works, it is not me that is doing this charity, this act of mercy, this prayer. It is Jesus Christ, through His grace, that does all the good works through me. And that leads me to be thankful. It leads me to be humble. It leads me to be humble because I realized then that, as our Lord said, without Him, I can do nothing. In our case, when we're thinking of the examination of conscience, it reminds us that the correction of our faults is going to come from grace. We can put all these methods and do all these things, but as Benjamin Franklin said it of himself, you know, it's not going to do a lot of difference if you don't have grace. You need the grace of God to change. And that's why that is what we ask when we do our examination of conscience. We ask our Lord to give us grace to amend our lives, to help us himself to change. And he will. We have to have the hope that he will uh, if we pray about it. As, as he said, whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. So remember, the good works that you do, and therefore also the correction of your life, is something that comes from the strength, from the grace of Jesus Christ himself, and also through the intercession of our Blessed Mother. Amen, amen, I say to you, he that believeth in me, the works that I do, he also shall do. And greater than this shall he do. John 14, verse 12. Well, my friends, if you have put up with all this episode, uh, I think it's time to wrap it up and cease mortifying you and giving you penance. But today, to end, I do want to mention the spiritual acts that you can and should do when you're doing your examination of conscience. The first thing that you ought to do is you have to give thanks to God for his benefits, for allowing you the time to amend your life. Give thanks to God. The second one, beg of God the light necessary to truly know your faults. You know, beg to the Holy Ghost, please give me an inspiration, give me, give me the strength, give me the light to see my soul as it really is, not to deceive myself. Beg of God the light necessary to truly know your faults. The third act would be to actually do the examination itself. The fourth would be to elicit, meaning to cause in yourself, as much sorrow as you can for your faults and beg God for forgiveness. Here, you should do a perfect act of contrition. Notice I'm not saying recite the act of contrition. I'm not saying say the prayer. I'm saying interiorly make those, I don't want to say feelings, make those, uh, those spiritual motions your own. You know, read the act of contrition if you want, but make those feelings, I guess I could say, Make those sentiments your own. So try to be as, sorrow as, you, as sorrowful as you can for your sins, for your faults. Make an act of contrition, which includes a resolution to amend, to change, to get better in those faults. Finally, renew your resolutions. At the end of, the, of your examination of conscience, look at your resolutions up here and say to yourself, okay, tomorrow... I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to remember. I'm going to, when I wake up, I'm going to think of that. When I go to eat, I'm going to think of that. I'm going to try to work hard on that. My friends, that would be all for today then. I hope you found this helpful. At any rate, when you start doing your examination of conscience, don't give up. Don't give up. Even if you fail, even if at times you don't do it, take the practice as much as you can. And especially on days of retreat, on during Lent, during Holy Week, 
try to make up by your faults by doing a careful examination of your recent life and amending, trying to amend your life during Easter, during the end of the retreat, you know, whenever the future times or the future days come. Above all, again, don't give up. And if you want to persevere in the practices of your spiritual life, persevere first and foremost in this one, because this one is going to help you to persevere in all the rest with the grace of God and the intercession of our Blessed Mother. This is The Spiritual Life, and I'm your host, Father Carlos Cepeda. Thank you for listening. You are watching or listening The Catholic Wire. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Catholic Wire. If you have found this show helpful, please say a prayer for all our collaborators. Don't forget to subscribe to our channels and share with your friends. For questions and comments, you may contact us at thecatholicwire.org.